0: Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning.
1: You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to MileHighHuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center.
2: Here we are. It's, we'll have the good vibes now that it's a Saturday night time for Mile High Insiders um. with Luke and myself and Scott working the, uh, the background. Luke, it's good to see you. Back-to-back Saturdays. How, how is life, man? How are you doing? How's, uh, especially, everybody's dying to know. How's the youth football uh, going on right now, the flag football.
1: We had our bye week, right? So it was okay. much needed. Even get, I gave my eight year olds the week off because it's a lot of <laughs> fall activities right now, right? So I'm trying to be like the Bruce Arians, the cool guy right now. Like go home and enjoy like corn mazes, pumpkin patches, scary movies, do what you got to do. I know we did that today. We went costume shopping and it's just, it's feeling like fall. And every year when it starts to feel like fall, of course, football is what I immediately associate with fall. It's NFL Sunday tomorrow. I'm super pumped. The Raiders are in town. We've got a whole mess of things we've got to get into with the Raiders. Uh, John Gruden out as head coach. What does that mean with the Raiders and the Broncos coming here? Oh, man. Fireworks, I think. I, I think a lot of people are sleeping on this game.
2: Yeah, no, It's going to be a great game. Um, obviously, it's uh, probably the two lesser teams in the AFC West right now compared to the league perception, but that's okay. Um, And we got a little extra juice this week. Obviously, both teams... Uh, writing two game losing streaks but that Mike Shanahan revenge game as well right uh Mike Shanahan getting enshrined in the ring of fame deservedly so and uh, it fell on the 49ers bye week so that way Kyle Shanahan Mike Shanahan's son could join us but uh coincidence? The fact that it fell on, what was that? Uh, coincidence I, that was on purpose but the fact that it fell on Raiders <laughs> week is a coincidence but maybe it's a uh, a sign of good things to come for the Broncos and we'll take any signs we can get
1: Coach was asked yesterday by Tyler Columbus, former player in Washington and in Denver, uh, do you really hate the Raiders? And coach replied, yes. (laughs) And it's like, there we go. I love it. Authenticity at its finest. Mike Shanahan got that pavilion, Nick. I don't know if you got a chance to see that. Um, Incredible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely incredible. Uh, Long overdue, if you ask me. Pro Football Hall of Fame. Get ready. Mike Shanahan belongs there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know who belongs here? Muhammad Badri coming in. Um, Muhammad took a little break there for a little bit, but it's been great to get him back. Um, $5 here, rocking his son Malik in the picture as well. Uh, Braun and Smooth Killa in the building. Also, we got Scott working behind. Uh, Obviously, we got Mark Lindemann saying, Howdy, Scott. But good to see everybody coming in. Uh, Obviously, we got uh, Andrew Lampy saying, Iowa. Sorry, dude. Yeah, I'm. (laughs) That didn't uh... take
1: long. What are we two minutes into the show? Nick said it would happen. We were just talking about it before the show. He's like, Man, I'm going to get roasted. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Deservedly so. Uh, Iowa is who we thought they were. But um, I'll Easy tell you, Dennis. Man, I'm going to get, uh, I am going to get annoying probably with the draft talk leading up to it because I want George Karloftis on this Denver Bronco defense so bad.
1: I The absolutely, new Greek, the new Greek oh, freak.
2: I absolutely adore George Karloftis. And Scott gives me a hard time because I, uh, I definitely have a type when it comes to edge rushers. I like the guys who are long and strong, uh, especially in today's NFL. Um, I think that those guys—the fact that it's, it's such a quick pass game—I need the guys who can just work through the tackles. Um, and that's what Karloftis does. He has probably the best hands I've seen from a edge rusher since Nick Bosa. He is grown man strength. He's re- he's incredible.
1: Um, mm. speaking so, of incredible, look at David Crespin. David Crespin coming in on Facebook with those stars. Great show. Go Broncos! It's Raider Week. Broncos fans are pumped. They should also be pumped because with those stars comes an opportunity to possibly get a Patrick Sertan the 2nd jersey ps2 nick how do folks get involved in that contest
2: yeah so guys make sure we are halfway through the month which means we are halfway through meeting our, our... I guess the end point, the deadline for the goal. And right now we're only at 43% of our goal, which is a quarter million stars. So make sure you guys are getting in there. I know that Thursday's show with uh, both Scott and Zach uh, put a dent in it. So let's get a dent in it tonight as well, if we can. Um, and obviously David Crespin coming in there, helping us out, put a little dent in it, um, but get those stars in. And uh, we'll keep that going. Also make sure we don't want to forget our folks on YouTube as well. Getting your YouTube super chats as well. Um, the YouTube superstars, you guys have been rocking it this month. We really appreciate you. And, uh, we're going to get our top 10 YouTubers right now. We got Michaela Parker coming in here. Mark from Georgia. Congrats on the number one overall team deservedly. So the uh, dogs. Mark from Georgia. Yeah, they're very good. I do like that. Jordan Davis, uh, defensive tackle. There's so much good defense on that team. Uh, Christie's in there as well. Number three, we got Naj number four, Seth Harmon. Number five, we got DW nine, six, seven, three, four coming in at six. We got a little bit of movement here from uh, Brian Greenfield, moving up, up one Uh, Shane Daniels down one, but you know, you're still number one on our hearts. Shane, we love you. Stu McPeak coming in as well at nine and then Aaron Lynch. So uh, Chris Hernandez, Broncos 16 and one needs to update his name. Unfortunately, and Corey H coming in right behind him, but it's been great. Um, You guys are awesome. We appreciate you. The stars, the super chats, uh, keeping the lights on in here. I know that Saturday nights, a lot of times a, a wind down family night for a lot of people, but we really, really do appreciate you guys coming in and just joining us in general. And, uh, any contribution like that is obviously
0: above and beyond. And we appreciate it. Listen up Broncos country tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the huddle up podcast and Ticket site, Tick Pick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home Broncos versus Jets, Tick Pick had us locked down. So visit tickpickcom huddle today and use the promo code HUDDLE
1: to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets yeah and don't forget Andrew Lampy. we really appreciate your support as well appreciate you giving those stars good luck with that PS2 jersey um I'm at that point now where my daughter needs a different jersey right Mm. and it's like who do we who do I want to grab that's going to be here for a while well PS2 sounds pretty good uh he's had his struggles right but we all know rookie corners are going to and heck corner in general is going to but a PS2 jersey sign me up let's say what's up to some folks in this in the stream real quick yeah george newton i see you mark how are you mark saying in here stars from the other mark in georgia uh some mark on mark crime there giving mhi a little bit of love cobra commanders in the house joseph i see ya. um i'm sure we talked about mo our guy mo was in the house as well fyt i see you getting getting ornery in there we'll get to you uh jay kozad what's going on brother fernando chase welner jim hilton hit those little thumbs up what's up thanks for the support Randy Jones, great to see Mike get into the ring of fame. That would be Mike Shanahan, that is. A special day for him tomorrow on the Raiders, the first divisional game for the Broncos. Um, Talk about what kind of emotion that's going to bring potentially to the game or that, that stadium, Nick.
2: Yeah, we got Randy. I know Randy Jones is one of our top star givers. So shout out to Randy Jones. It's great to see you. And uh, always, you know, appreciate you. Travis Weber also coming in here with stars. Travis is very consistent as well. Uh, Travis says, good evening, Nick and Luke, Broncos country. I always want our Broncos to win, but not sure which team will come out. If they'll come out flat, the Broncos are the Raiders. Shermer and Fangio can't seem to make adjustments for the life of them. Um, You know, it's definitely a valid point. I'm always been of the, I think it's Bill Belichick actually, who came out and said, you know, like, 85 to 90% of a, t- a game's outcome comes down to the personnel on the field. It is about the Jimmys and Joes, but then 10% is coaching, scheme, discipline, technique, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, right now the Broncos have been, especially last week, uh, losing that 10%. And this team just doesn't have enough talent in the Jimmys and Joes, especially with how injured they are right now to be outcoached, outschemed, et cetera, et cetera, and win football games.
1: Yeah, you know, it's really hard for me to try to defend anything against Travis's point there for yeah. the Broncos because, I mean, the proof is literally in the pudding. And What's yeah. up, Gary? Gary's in the always love in the Gary. running to get that PS2 jersey. Good luck, buddy. And go Broncos, same. Awesome, the Nick and Luke show. I love it. Uh, love Broncos country. Appreciate you so much, Gary. An active member and a good friend of the show. Our guy Ernie Mays in the house as well. Uh, Chase Wellner, another good friend of ours. But, Nick, yeah, man, it's... <sighs> The Broncos have just struggled mightily in major categories, including third down. They're ranking what 28 percent. They convert 28 percent of their third downs, which is dead last in the NFL. Uh, they have the second worst average and distance on third down, which is third and eight in the NFL. I mean, Pat Shermer almost feels like he's just so resistant to change. Or if he is going to run the ball, he's going to do it cutting off his nose despite his face. Uh, I just so frustrated with this coaching staff right now, because although injuries have happened, Nick, there is significant talent on this team and this team just feels like they don't quite have a spirit and that bothers me. And I think it's a huge major concern when the coaches are starting to lose the players, in my opinion, speculation, uh, but you lose this game, you lose the locker room period. Uh, yeah, I mean,
2: if they lose this game, it is, you're going to really find out about Vic Fangio and this team going to Cleveland, because that is one where it would be really easy to see them go in there and just, you know, I don't want to say anything too vulgar here, but you know, just lie down. Essentially. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, it's a do or die game. I know that Vaughn has said that leading up to the Baltimore game. He said it leading up to the, uh, the Steelers game as well, but it really is Uh do or die now. And this, the Raiders, obviously the turmoil of what's going on there with John Gruden and, uh, the lack of adjustment time that they have now, right? With the new coaching coming in. I mean, that's there's no way it's not a distraction. Does it galvanize them? Maybe. Uh the Raiders also are missing multiple cornerbacks in this game as well. So this is a game. The Broncos drop this one, you know, Sayonara, Vic, Sayonara, uh, Shermer as far like, you know, maybe not like immediately, but as far as the end of the season goes, probably nail in the coffin. And uh Broncos, you know, same old Broncos, unfortunately. If that happens, but not ready to, you know, I'm not ready to bury them yet. It's not step brothers where it's like, "Oh, what are you doing right now? I'm burying you." Now, we got to play this Raiders <laughs> game first. Um and right. uh, once that happens, uh then we can really see what's the way this team is going, but man, they cannot come out and lay an egg again. Uh that's just unacceptable. If they lose this game too, that'd be that suck, but like the lack of energy early on has been yeah. dreadful and that, you can't have that.
1: Can't have hmm. it. You can't have it. Hopefully, Greg Smith has a day because he said, I made a friendly bet with a pretty high-profile radio host here in Vegas. Broncos can't lose, or I'm calling for everyone to be fired. Greg, I'm wondering what you got on the line, pal. Obviously, a gentleman never tells, but, uh, man, be careful out there, Greg. And I'm curious who it is. You know, is JT the Brick out there still? Is it I'm my bu- good buddy, Pritch, Mike Pritchard, right, zone. Uh, He's out there for the Vegas Raiders also. So, I'm curious, Greg, you got me. Got me curious. And uh, speaking of curiosity that never killed the cat, Rod is joining us here on Saturday night with MHI. Appreciate your support. Rod TV, $5 super. I love Matt Coral's game. I think we should take him, sit, and develop under Teddy for a year with a good coach, just like Patrick Mahomes did. Yeah. Uh,
2: I like Corral a lot as well. I mean, he's going to need a year because right now he is operating like almost a pure RPO game. Um, where almost every single one, there's the mesh point, right? And then he pulls it back, and it's a slant or a fade or a go or something, right? So it's it's really not a – it's kind of like what you're seeing right now with Zach Wilson, really struggling within structure because it's not all backyard football, and it's not all these RPO looks right now. So Corral's going right. to need some time. He's a little bit small, um, but you know we're seeing Kyler Murray play MVP level right now. So does that really matter as much today? I don't know. Uh, one thing I love about him, and this is a major juxtaposition to what the – travesty of what i just watched the iowa hawkeyes do um their quarterback the least twitched up quarterback i've ever seen um but corral he's twitchy uh he can step up quick quickly he can change direction quickly and you need that not only to extend plays but in the pocket as well live arm. so uh corral right now he's my quarterback one i don't think he is a number one overall quality player but uh, if you're talking about you know back end of the first round and he's there heck yeah i'll take that every time and then guess what i do in 2023 i take another quarterback and then guess what i do in 2024 take another quarterback because you're not anything until you have that guy and just keep swinging away that's that's honestly the philosophy i'm starting to lean into here with the quarterback position
1: yeah the broncos are more than a quarterback away i mean it's teddy's not the problem yeah. right now i don't know that he's a long term solution but yeah it just it really does feel like coaching is such a problem right now obviously the coaches can only coach they're not out there to play but yeah. uh DeAndre Weatherspoon, a good friend of the show, weighing in. What's up, DeAndre? I appreciate you. Hope you're doing well. Go Broncos. He's coming in with a, a sentiment that I co-sign 100 mm-hmm. percent I know you do, Scott, do the everyone with you know an active functioning brain should understand this sentiment. And DeAndre's weighing in heavy saying this is a must-win game tomorrow. Yeah. That term must win, and, and when that term comes along is often debated. But Nick, no one can dispute if the Broncos have any hope of climbing out of the pit that they're in, they've got to start with a win against the silver and black tomorrow here in Denver,
2: especially with the disarray that they have going on right now, right? Like you you have to go in and take care of business. You cannot start slow. Um, And this is a game that if the Broncos come out flat, you know, you touch on it. These guys are going to start playing for themselves. I wouldn't be surprised then if the Broncos then on a short week in Cleveland, one of the best teams in the AFC goes out there and gets smacked. Um, and then, you know, you're talking about, okay, well, what kind of picks can we get back for some of these guys before the trade deadline? So really sucks after being three, and zero to see that, but, uh, everything the Broncos want to accomplish this year is still right there in front of them. They just have to take it. But as uh DeAndre Weatherspoon was saying here, you got to come out and win this game. It's a must win. Your season lies in front of you, but essentially this is, a, this is a playoff game. If you lose, you're done.
1: I love this question coming in from Nathan. Um, Nathan, I'm not going to, I'm going to give it a shot. Nathan Latuia. probably not. Apologize if that's not it, but Nathan, we really appreciate your support here on MHI, yeah, thanks, a $2 super welcome uh, saying, good evening. Any favorite Mike Shanahan memories? I love this question. Uh, go, fire away, Nick. What do you, what do you think of on favorite Shaney memories?
2: I can't think of anything specifically off the top of my head, um, but I absolutely I think the Broncos uh, social media account on Twitter recently put a, uh, a clip out there with Mike Shanahan talking with John Elway on the sideline and just talking offensive exits and O's, and I miss that. I miss, you know, a franchise quarterback, but also having that offensive coach who's just working in tandem, cohesive with that quarterback, um, kind of like what, we're, what we've are what we been seeing with Sean McVay and Matt Stafford this year. Um, not to that extent, but uh, obviously that's what I miss. Um, A lot. And those are some of my favorite Mike Shanahan memories. And somebody said it earlier. What is Mike Shanahan's 21 and seven against the Raiders. I definitely feel some of my favorite memories. Mike Shanahan embarrassing his former team. The then Oakland Raiders
1: yeah they i was doing a little bit of independent research and uh they technically owe him thirty-two thousand. if you want to look at it there was a team loan um Mm -hmm. it was eventually kind of not settled but just a court ruled in the favor of of the davis family and when you washed out the loan versus what shanny was owed it was like thirty-two thousand or something like that coach is going to go down swinging Mm -hmm. saying that that money they should have given him that money uh one of my memories that i just can't look past is in uh found in the 1997 and america's game when the broncos won their first super bowl and it's when coach is talking to john elway at the very end of the game and he says do you know how good that ring's going to look on your finger and it, it just it gives me chills it gives me goosebumps even even hearing that right now um you don't know what you have until it's gone and uh mike shanahan i mean did not lose a lot of football games was truly an innovator he was a player's coach he demanded the best from his players but he also gave the best to his players and uh speaking of the best Travis Weber coming in here with some more support what's up Travis good to see you buddy it almost uh seems that possibly that Fangio's lost the locker room with the squirmish that happened at practice also been saying Mm -hmm. the same Nick even though it won't happen mid-season but if Denver loses Fangio and Shermer need to be shown the door Nick have you heard a little bit or heard anything about this little dust up all I know is that it was like some defense on defense crime in practice, right? From what I heard, and this is not,
2: I could not get this verified, but from what I've heard, it was a Broncos defensive lineman and a coach getting after it. Um, mm. so uh, not okay. ideal, um, but uh, the I mean, g- good, right? I mean, it shows a little bit of you know infighting in the family, but like at least somebody's out there showing some fight, right? This team has come out so flat, no energy, and is that partially. Uh, Vic Fangio's Vic Fangio just not being a high energy coach is it partially the style of defense that they're playing where they're not really dictating and getting after it versus like letting them come to them is it uh the offense coming out flat again and everybody being like oh here we go um and James saying essentially what I'd I thought around. the same
1: thing yeah uh, immediately James coming in with was it Shelby Harris because he lunged at coach Fangio uh I mean yeah I don't I don't know it's hard to speculate those things but uh you know Bradley Chubb versus Garrett Bowles, all to do about nothing, really, at the end of the day. And um, this isn't the dog days of training camp of old or anything like that. But uh, I don't think it's anything to worry about quite yet. Uh, You don't want it to happen. But, yeah, it shows a little bit of fight, and we'll take it. And uh, Andrew Lampy coming in with some more support. We really appreciate it, Andrew. Good evening. Saying, uh, what's everyone's thoughts on what could have been had Denver not fired Mike Shanahan when they did? He could have gotten a few more years with the players he had already acquired. Uh, Jay Cutler, and Mike Shanahan. If they gave him more time, Nick, what what do you think that could look like?
2: Mike Shanahan was a great coach, in offensive mind. He was not a very good general manager. Um, and he had a lot of bad signings since the, was it that was at that two thousand. God, there was a draft class where they took Jarvis Moss and like Marcus Thomas, only had like four picks, and that was just an absolutely terrible, terrible class. Um, and Mike Shanahan, because of what he accomplished and everything, you know, he wanted more power and I don't blame him for that, but, um, that was not the, the best move for them. There's very few coaches out there who can also perform adequately as a coach and be the general manager. So I think that was probably the biggest, uh, reason that the Shanahan era ended as poorly as it did. And to be honest, I mean, that's typically how it ends, right? Most coaches don't get it right off in the sunset. Most players don't get it right off in the sunset. Sometimes it's parting of a unfortunate, uh, circumstances, but, uh, we still have, you know, great Shanahan memories and, uh, would not have probably would not have won the Super Bowl without him. So, you know, got to love the old ball coach. Maybe we made a mistake, not hiring his son, although 49ers haven't been that great, uh, in the win loss column, but, uh, it is what it is. We just, uh, happy to have Mike here. And I hope he's a good luck charm this week, man. I, I love like, talking mm. trash about the Raiders. I mean, every, every right to it. Um, so, uh, let's get after it.
1: So I heard a Mike Shanahan story the other day that was really interesting. It went back to when he won another Super Bowl with the San Francisco 49ers as the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator or the quarterback coach, if I'm not mistaken. A little bit before our time, right? But we all know that history. And uh, he was standing next to a quarterback, and a, a quarterback for the 49ers. It wasn't a prominent name, and it, like Garback or something like that. Elvis Garback? Yeah, and he said, look, at you see, <laughs> you, you see Al Davis over there? I want you to throw a ball at his head. And he's like, you can't do that. I Do you know what he could do to me? You know the fines I'm going to get? And Shanahan just looked right back at him and said, throw the ball. So he throws the ball, and it comes within inches of Al Davis's head. And Al Davis sidesteps, looks at Shanahan, and gives him a gesture, a nice, friendly hello. And uh, I miss those things, man, because that's what made the Raiders and the Broncos, the that rivalry, especially as a kid growing up here in the mm-hmm. Mile high City, so special. And to this day, when I see a Raiders fan, I can't help but get disgusted. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta. What do they do to those poor kids, right? Kids being brought up a Raider fan. It's they never had a chance. It's so sad. Um, Stu coming in here. Uh, thank you very much. Five dollars over on YouTube. He says just a little support. Stu, that's that's more than a little support. We really appreciate that. Thank you, Stu. And, uh, Stu says, "Let's go, Brandon McManus. Make those kicks. Um, he, he's been pretty solid this year, Brandon McManus. So uh, let's keep it up. Hopefully, the rest of the special teams can start to play a little better. Um, we had another catastrophic special teams error. Last week, that cost the Broncos four points, which in the end probably cost them the game. Um, But, uh, you know, that's that's football. Sometimes every single loss, you could point at something and say, if this went a different way, we could have won. And every win, you could probably do that as well. So got to got to do better. Like I said earlier, the Broncos, 90 percent of the game is based on personnel, Jimmy's and Joe's. But it's the execution, the discipline, the scheming, et cetera, et cetera. That makes the difference there. And 10 percent, that's a big difference. That can be a big difference in each and every game.
1: The Broncos I see so much of it in the thread here in the the comment section talking about we're seeing the same old thing year after year and uh, we are seeing some fans check out a little bit now that disappoints me but I don't blame them everyone has a right to their opinion. But Nick the Broncos have trailed after the original their opposing team scored in the first Mm -hmm. quarter three out of the last five games. And then when that happens, it just feels like Schirmer goes to panic mode. Vic's so focused on his defense. We have timeout errors. We just we fall apart. We just kind of mm. collapse. And, yeah, Teddy's a new leader, what have you. But this really kind of goes beyond him. It just feels mm. like there's a gnarly energy over there at UC Health Training Center. I can't really describe it, but I don't like it. And the the closer this game gets, Nick, I'm less excited and more nervous. It just all the pressure to me feels like it's on the Denver Broncos.
2: Yeah, you're not going to get me being, you know, uh, roses and sunshine and teddy bears and gumdrops right now with the Iowa Hawkeyes losing to (laughs) Purdue. Uh, And then Purdue's team coming at Iowa, social media team coming at Iowa. So I'm very nervous for this game. Um, You said it. Uh, This is a game where Broncos. The Raiders really, I mean, they still have everything in front of them too, but with the Gruden stuff, it really does feel like their season is collapsing around them, but they have a quarterback who can get hot, and uh, I think he's fourth in the NFL in passing yards through five games so far. Uh, They got Ruggs and Waller, and they got just enough pass rush where the Broncos' offensive line, which has been average in in the past game this year, uh, could be an issue, uh, especially if they're getting after Teddy. And Max Crosby against Bobby Massey, that's one to watch out for.
1: Guys, we have another platform where you can watch MHI and all of MHH's podcasts, and uh, that's over on good old Twitch, and we've got Razor3255 chiming in on Twitch. Uh, We've got our friend Black Knight. Thank you so much for joining Mm -hmm. us on your Saturday night as we get you prepped for Broncos Raiders tomorrow. Um, Nick, it's so cool to see so many people from so many different platforms uh, all coming together to or really the Broncos, man. And and I'm just so pumped. It's Raiders Week. I'm nervous, but there's gonna be some good football. There should be some emotional football. I think that's been lacking too. Um yeah. you know, there's excuses from the coach, there's a few excuses from the players, but ultimately it's going out there and cleaning the slate. And if the Broncos win tomorrow, they can get back on course. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. right there in the hunt at the top of the chart for the AFC West. It is not some unobtainable goal this year. The Chiefs are struggling. Um, I'm not in panic mode for the Chiefs, but I'm kind of waiting for them to pounce as well.
2: Yeah, no, they'll they'll figure it out and they'll go on a streak here. And Patrick Holmes will go unconscious. Um, Even with the bad defense, Steve Spagnuolo will figure something out where they won't be terrible at the end of the year. Unless injuries really plague them. They're really missing Chris Jones right now. Um, But it's really I remember when we were talking about, you know, Patrick Mahomes when he first came in and it's like, oh, man, this Chiefs team, they have a window right now because nothing in the NFL is a bigger uh, advantage from a team building standpoint is than having a franchise quarterback on a rookie contract and said it on here. A lot of times, Okay, this is going to be the Chiefs division for as long as Patrick Mahomes is playing on that rookie contract. But once he's paid, the window is going to open slightly. Now, that means the Chiefs are still the favorite. They have goddamn Patrick Mahomes, but there's a little bit more of a chance uh, to, to squeeze in there any given year if you have a good team. Well, here comes the goddamn chargers with Justin Herbert and Brandon Justin Staley. And me.
1: Herbert, uh, dude. Yeah. And then Staley. God dang yeah. it. Can it That's get so any better for the Los Angeles chargers <sighs> right now, folks? I'm just, I'm so, yeah, I'm worried. I'm running off of anxiety and caffeine right now, Nick. I mean, my blood pressure is through the roof because of mm. Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes and Nick, you've said it before. We've been doing the show together just over a year now, Derek Carr. Um, Good quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback, right? No. A good, solid quarterback. Maybe he gets to let it rip this this week against Denver. Maybe he gets to, you know, put his pedal on his foot on the pedal a little bit and accelerate right. this team in a direction that he wants to go. Call the plays that he likes. And I get that they're neighbors, John Gruden and him. And I'm not going to use this as a, a John Gruden thing because we obviously both um there's no excuse for that. And I it doesn't, he does not deserve the time on this show. So ultimately. Uh, it's, it's good to see the action that happened. It's awful to see that it happened. Um, uh, that being said, Derek Carr, man, I think he could let it loose. I think he could let it rip. And if the Broncos become a rallying cry for the Raiders tomorrow, I'm going to be sick to my stomach because the Denver Broncos can beat this team. Will they? I'm not sure. Uh, it's not that I don't think they have confidence. It's that I don't feel like there's any cohesion. I don't feel like there's this team aspect i don't feel like we're unified under multiple leaders whether that be players or coaches i i don't feel a divide either but i just i don't feel like there's it's every man really having each other's back on this team right now and i'm not sure why that
2: said if you come out and beat the raiders it's going to be all good vibes in that locker room uh with the short week so um they were starting to feel themselves a little bit and they got punched back down um but really it doesn't matter what happened it matters how you respond going forward. And I really hope that with Teddy Bridgewater in there, especially with everything he's overcome in his career to date, that he can at least show these guys a little bit of leadership, a little bit of resiliency, right. To, to, to bounce back because season's not over unless you, the players declare it over, right. If you come out here and lay another egg and be as bad in the first three quarters as you were against the Steelers at home against a team in total disarray right now, you know, pack your bags. What are we even doing here? So and I typically not to be the, the emotional guy, uh, on here on any of these shows, but like you got to go out there and do, you got to go out there and execute and bring some energy. Cause it's just been flat and football is a game of an emo- uh, emotion. And they've not played with emotion,
1: no emotion. And I love this right here. Cause this makes me laugh. Uh, Mark, our good friend coming in every time Derek Carr wins eyeliner sales go up, man. That's, that's good. You can't, you can't get past that. That's just yeah. the, the guy. I mean, it's, it's Derek Carr. He's, he's bizarre looking. He's got his own little, uh, I don't know. He's got his own thing going for him. He looks great, beautiful, cover girl esque. Uh, Travis Weber coming in. The Braves on my other team. Uh, Big on him, just like the Broncos. You got Broncos fans all over, Nick. It's so cool to see everyone spread out. And uh, speaking of comedy, we got our guy, Base Gase, back in the house. You know, he's going to start throwing down some one liners. Uh, 199 Super and a great question. Nick, how did the Broncos stop Henry Ruggs? Um, Don't say Kyle Fuller. Don't take Kyle Fuller, please, for the love of God. I know you won't.
2: <laughs> Bryce Callahan, Ronald Darby, and press him. Henry Ruggs is fast, but uh, he's also tissue paper with anybody that tries to get hands on him at the line of scrimmage. Now, I have appreciated what the uh, Raiders were doing with Ruggs. A lot of pre snap movement that makes it harder for you to press him. Um, but, you know, I'm not sure what this game plan is going to look like now that Gruden is gone and how much of those kind of intricacies you're going to see in here. Is it going to be much more of a simple offensive game plan, trying to execute it in less time this week. Uh, so that's the big thing. If you can get your hands on rugs, you can take him out. Um, and I think that you can do that with a Callahan, with a Darby who should be back this week as well. Uh, rugs is soft. Um, he's a Great player. I love him coming out, but he is a little bit soft at the line of scrimmage. And I think you got to dictate and come to him, which is something this Broncos defense has not been doing so far this year. And if you let him eat a cushion, he's going to do that. And he could beat you over the top because there's not many people who can win a foot race with Henry Ruggs.
1: Broncos country is frustrated. Our guy Travis is also saying Fangio is going to put Vaughn on rugs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. Y'all are y'all are stone cold killers in the house on MHI. He's Nick Kendall. you follow him on Twitter at Nick Kendall, MHH, I'm at Luke Patterson LP. You guys can find at Mile High Huddle on Twitter. Go to milehighhuddle.com. Uh, for all of your written news, video and any other content that you would like that is Denver Broncos related. Um, Nick, I wrote up a, a quick article as I do every week in one of my pieces about three must-have for the Broncos in uh, you know a Raiders victory if you will. and we talked about a couple of them already, but talk to me a little bit about what the Broncos have to do to contain or account for mad Max Crosby. The guy has been statistically a little underwhelming after that first week uh, matchup in which he won AFC defensive player of the year, but I think he could feast against the Denver Broncos. Uh, He definitely could. I do think that there's such a weird juxtaposition
2: going on with uh, the statistics surrounding the Broncos offensive line and pass protection. Broncos, I think are 17th in the NFL. I get this doesn't include the Thursday night game. So let's just assume coming into this week, Broncos 17th overall in pass block win rate. Uh, They were, dead last in the NFL in pressure rate for the quarterback. But Teddy Bridgewater had the fourth highest time to throw of any quarterback in the NFL. So hopefully you can start seeing the Broncos execute a little bit better quick game. That's been an issue so far since KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy have gone down. You have these more big, slower play developing guys in uh, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, and Cortland Sutton. Uh, but you got to figure out a way to scheme open some guys in this past game and some quick hitters. And that's something that trimmer has not done historically. Uh, he's always been a my here's the play. My guy has to win the route. And uh, that's not something right now you're seeing with the likes of Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, great receivers, but not the types that are winning the quick game uh, that you saw with Jerry Judy and whatnot. So Shermer needs to start figuring out maybe some pick plays, maybe some slants, maybe some RPO looks, you know, maybe do something a little bit creative with the run game. Also, you know, it doesn't just have to be this inside zone or this uh, ISO uh, over and over again for two yards. You know, you got to get a little bit more creative and give them different looks. It's the creativity doesn't come from just the different play calls too. It's executing different things out of the same look. And it just,
1: based on the look, you can tell where they're going almost every time before the snap. I think a lot of times people get bored with the term running the football, right? Because we're so enamored with quarterback play. Um, But you really start to see some creative offenses in the NFL and how they are running the football with Nick. It would be nice to see a wide receiver motion, at least that before a run. I mean, this is just so vanilla and, and, Not even simple, but it's just bizarre what kind of offensive series we're seeing from Pat Shermer. Obviously, uh, it was pointed out all week, those first two possessions, right? Run, run, pass, punt. Um, He ran the ball on first down every series with the exception of the two-minute drill, I believe, last week against the Steelers as well. And that almost felt like a point. Uh, I'm being a little facetious here right now, but you know, when he's out there telling us, look, man, I'm, I I do want to run the ball. I do understand the significance of it. And he didn't do it in in the Baltimore game. And then he says, yeah, we are going to do it against Pittsburgh. And it didn't work. It almost feels like he feels vindicated to spread them out and go with those wide receivers. One of which was just added and activated today. John Mm -hmm. Brown will be playing for the Broncos tomorrow, Nick. What do you, what do you make of the John Brown addition to the Denver Broncos and what he can bring? to the offense.
2: Uh, he brings somebody who is going to make it tougher for any team to play cover one or cover zero uh, because he can kill you with a slot fades. And that's something that Shermer has been running um, recently. I mean, we even saw it in the goal line run a slot fade, which maybe isn't the best, um, but uh, John Brown should be able to at least create some spacing issues. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to do much in the quick game. That's what made KJ handler. So interesting It's because he could do quick game and deep game. Um, but, uh, either way, he's going to add a different type of receiver, uh, that this team needs. And, you know, you, you've been doing these shows long, uh, long enough with me that I've always been a proponent of building your pass catchers like a basketball team. And, uh, they lost a lot of speed when they lost KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy and John Brown should bring that. So even if it's, you know, you know, 10 snaps, 12 snaps, getting Deontay Spencer off the field for John Brown should be a, a boon for this offense.
1: Tyree Cleveland was also activated. We've seen him activated for a couple of weeks now. And uh, Mike Boone, I think, as you mentioned earlier, coming off of IR. Jerry Judy, we just mentioned him. He is cleared to start practicing. It will not count against that roster spot, which is good for the Broncos. But they also had a cornerback, Mike Ford, who was placed on injured reserve. Uh, Looks like an injured knee. So... Uh, short-term IR, I believe, as well. So just a little bit of house cleaning before we get to our good friend Nathan again. uh, Appreciate the support, Nathan. You're very, very gracious. We appreciate it so much. He said, I know this weekend belongs to Mike Shanahan, but I'm also glad we're honoring Steve Atwater's long overdue Hall of Fame induction. The Smiling Assassin is going to be there with Mike Shanahan in what should be a a beautiful and historic day here in the Mile High City with beautiful weather. Uh, The only thing that could ruin it is a loss, Nick. They cannot lose. You can't lose to the Raiders at home, especially when the greatest, the Broncos, dare I say, safety and head coach are being honored in the same afternoon, the same evening. They're both there. The lights are on. This moment is for them. Uh, you can't lose, right? Or am I just talking crazy? I mean, you can't lose to the Raiders. Yeah, you say
2: that, but this team has come out flat so many times that I, and again, I'm still, you know, sad Hawkeye fan over here that uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they came out flat, right? Like this team, uh, it's what, what uh, I was trying to live by coming into this year, you know, especially starting off three, and zero. Is you are, what your record says, but let's not, you know, start booking our parade because this team has burnt us too many times. And I uh, felt the same way last week. So, you know, not to be a Debbie downer, but until they come out and go put, punch the Raiders in the mouth and then go out there the next drive and do it again and again and again, I don't know. I just think that there's definitely a possibility they could come out flat, and not match match the uh, the energy of the Raiders. And uh, when that happens, I feel like this Broncos team, they don't have that guy that they can lean on or whatever, especially offensively. What's the identity? What do you lean on? Where do you go? Mm-hmm. Um, and it starts to panic. It starts to spiral out of control. And then, you know, you might be down two possessions with 10 minutes left. And all, now it's starting to work. It's starting to open up. It's too late. So you got to get out there and start dictating early on. And that's just not what they've done the last couple of weeks.
1: Watch for Josh Jacobs as well. He tore the Broncos up last year in their very first yeah. game, 112 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, and then that other Bronco running back, former Bronco running back, Devontae Booker, tore him up for 81 yards and two touchdowns. They have more experienced backs now, um, better backs, I feel, in Kenyon drink. And I think it's Paris, right, as mm-hmm. the as Jacob's substitute. So watch that run game. But Travis Weber, weighing in again with some support. Appreciate you, Travis. Um, speaking of Isla. Is this uh, a former Iowa tight end Noah fans injury, the same lingering injury from last season? I know he's been playing hurt. Uh, great question from Travis. Nick, what do you know about Noah? Cause it feels like Noah's never right, but he always plays. He's tough as nails. He, he, he has nothing to prove with me. I would actually be okay. Um, you know, if they nursed him along, but Alberto's not there anymore. And they got sober. You got, what are you going to do Beck? I mean, who are you going to call up? You're going to try to get another tight end. Are you going to trade for one? Uh, What's going on with Noah Fant and his injury?
2: Uh, He does have a leg injury that he suffered uh, leading up to that week. Three preseason game. I think it was maybe it was week two preseason game against uh, the Seahawks. I'm not sure if it is the same as last year, um, but it's definitely something that uh, has is something I've been questioning for him. And I do want to tip my cap for him going out there and playing, But are we getting Noah Fant at, you know, 80 percent like with is the is he somebody who loses a lot of his effectiveness when he gets injured? Um, It's something that's given how much he's been injured and the fact that he has not lived up to the draft slot to date. um, you got to start to question, especially with that second contract uh, right around the corner for him.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, you're going to find out a lot of truths tomorrow right and not only players truths but teams truths coaches truths we're gonna see how it goes but uh black knight weighing in three two three over on twitch appreciate you so much man uh great to great to have you on mhi and he wants to know if the broncos lose this game do you think that the coaching staff gets fired i think that's an excellent question i don't think it's a dramatic question anyone that just shoots that question down uh think again i'm not saying anything's going to happen but it's a legitimate question
2: I don't think anybody gets fired. I could see some shifting of responsibilities um going around. like, uh, you could have the play calling, offensive play calling going from Shermer to Shula, uh, just to see if that would galvanize something if Shula could do better sequencing plays and have a better feel for when when to call what. Um, and I, but I do think that even if this team, the wheels fall off the bus, who are you turning to and for why, right? And this team also, with the sale coming on right now, do they have cash to be, you know, paying Vic Fangio out for the remainder of the games and paying somebody a boost as well. Uh, so I could see them just writing Vic Fangio out the rest of the year, even if he is a, a lame duck, so to speak.
1: Someone's going to go down first and it's usually a special teams coach. So everyone should be thrilled on social media, right? I mean, uh, Tom McMahon will be the first one to go. He'll be the first scapegoat. I mean, it's deservingly. So if that's the case, it, but None of this, spe- but when did we have a good special teams unit? I mean, when was the last good special teams coach? It's, it's just a revolving wheel. I mean, it's yeah. some of these same things you're seeing over and over head coaches, special teams, coaches, quarterbacks. Uh, you're just seeing big free agents that are signed to big money <laughs> that aren't really giving their due. Um, you just see some of the same mistakes and it frustrates so many fans of Broncos country, but um, I see a lot of people in here talking about Noah Fant. Some people think he's he's a little soft. Uh, I thought that initially coming out, I th- I think the man's played hurt virtually his whole career and to step on the field and do it and not pull a Jawan James and do it in a dynamic fashion. I just don't think he's utilized. Uh, You know, he talked to my guys Stokely and Zach and uh, they just asked him. They're like, dude, what's going on? He's like, I don't know. We're really frustrated. He didn't really give the PC answer. And I don't know what that, disconnect is with Teddy Bridgewater and Noah fan. I don't know if it's a coaching play calling thing, Uh, but Noah fan and Teddy Bridgewater, they should be coasting Patico, man. That should be Noah offense should be lighting it up. You should be talking about Noah fan with Darren Waller right now. And it's awful that you're not.
2: Yeah, no, it's a uh disappointing. They got to get him more involved. you right. You, uh he's a dynamic player with the ball in his hands, but right now they're not really scheming him open. So they got to figure out that, especially with Jerry Judy out, KJ Hamler out, there are targets to go around. There's no reason for him not to be more involved. Now, maybe you can say uh, you don't really trust Bobby Massey or Garrett Bowles way he's playing right now and one-on-one and you want to chip uh, the tight end and whatnot, but, like, you're not using a first-round pick, top-20 pick for your tight end to chip constantly. He's supposed to be a dynamic playmaker, so figure out a way to get him the damn ball, right? Whether that yeah, be snap motion or something, get the guy the damn ball.
1: Yeah, and don't let it be a shovel pass. Okay, we we don't need to see I'll that. Take that I'll take that at point.
2: I'll take him there. Get him the damn ball.
1: You got to get him the ball, man. He seam right. Seam route is one of his favorite routes. So let him do it, man. He's tough. He doesn't mind getting hit. Um, yeah. I I just it bothers me the fact that Shermer. I've said it before. Former tight ends coach, and the tight end is an afterthought. Uh, the running backs. We don't know what that's going to look like tomorrow with Flash and Pookie, right? Mike Boone, Boone, baby. Mike Boone. Boone. Oh, you're going to bring the Boone. Maybe he's your special teams ace. Maybe he makes things right this week because um, you got to get warmed up if you're going to come back from IR. What better way to do it than on kickoff or kick return?
2: Yeah, no, that's that's why the Broncos. That was a big reason that moved on from Philip Lindsay, who's averaging two yards a carry there in Houston right now. But uh, who's keeping score? Watch um, out!
1: What if Renee's yeah. listening? You might get roasted on Twitter. I don't know. Ah, uh, you know what? Roast me. I'm already.
2: I'm already. I'm right. There's nothing more you
1: can do to me tonight.
2: <laughs> You've taken everything from me. Those goddamn Boilermakers every year. Um, God, every year. Uh, it's only okay if we get George Karloftis. Um, yeah. Uh, good old Keyshawn Johnson, give me the damn ball. I mean. Right, like he's a dynamic player, and with the Raiders, Nick Kai or whatever the hell's going on there with the Raiders linebackers, there's no reason to not get Noah Fan the ball unless, simply put, he's not good enough. Which I mean, we've seen flashes of it, he hasn't put it together yet. But like, you got to give him the targets and put him in a position to succeed and be good enough. And this comes back to also again, Shermer just being like, okay, here's my weapons, here's your route, go win it every time. When you see guys like yep. uh, Sean McVay, uh, obviously Kyle Shanahan all of these Andy Reid giving these quarterbacks layups and these pick routes and these rub routes and these crossers where these guys are being schemed open you how don't about, see that with this about, offense what? it's essentially just just go win no mm-hmm.
1: scheme them open even Nick Sirianni watching you know the Eagles the other night he's yeah. scheming his tight ends open and then he trades them to Arizona uh thank god you were away from Philly right um yeah. but it's just for that Eagles team, maybe. Zach Ertz, right? Zach Ertz now Cardinal. But, I mean, just for a point of context, uh, the Eagles are converting 40% of their third downs, and they're an awful team. They're ranking 16th in the NFL. Again, the Broncos, dead last. So, uh, it's not – doesn't take a rocket scientist to use your tight end, especially as a safer option. You can get this man involved without putting him at huge risk, I believe. Uh, it's just I don't need him blocking, just like I don't need Vaughn covering players it's and then running backs i don't know what that looks like um i don't know how pat Shermer is going to react when the raiders score if the raiders score first i think you're going to see a lot of the same you're going to probably see tyree cleveland get some action as well Mm-hmm. Um, John Brown, I'm curious to see how they're going to use him. I'm waiting for Saubert to have a decent game as well. I think yeah. he's a, a sneaky threat that yep. teams wouldn't really be looking for because you haven't seen him run a lot of routes except for in the preseason. So maybe you utilize that a little bit and use Fant as a distraction. But I want to ask you this because, uh, back to Keyshawn, you know, just give me the damn ball, which alpha dog is saying that in the huddle on offense. Cause I don't imagine any of them saying it uh, pookie i know people are gonna say pookie but he's a badass uh, he's, he's a rookie he's, he's also rookie. soft-spoken yeah he's a rookie soft-spoken he doesn't like to talk to the media he's a team first yep. guy he's very hard on himself uh but i don't see Cortland sutton running into the huddle tim patrick i would argue maybe is I the closest he's thing
2: yeah he's he's probably the most dog you have on offense right now as far as uh emotional leadership and going out there and also performing at a high level uh, you could have argued maybe Garrett Bowles coming in the season, but with how Garrett Bowles is playing right now, an average left tackle, you're not, not terrible, but an average left tackle, not a 17 or what a million dollar a game left tackle right now. But um, you know, that's, that's the guy, but still, I think uh, we have a good comment here from uh, Deandre Witherspoon talking about just the, the big part of this, but it comes back to Shermer. Judy opens up everything for this offense. I really think we, we knew how good Judy was going to be coming in this year, but I think we may be undersold how important or how detrimental losing him was to the functionality of this offense, because with how Schirmer schemes this open, Judy was your only guy who could do, okay, you have a one-on-one matchup or you have a leveraged, you know, like safety over him. Judy's still going to win. Judy's still going to get open. I don't see that from the other guys. And with Teddy Bridgewater, who's not a gunslinger, having a guy who can get that separation and get open on a whim is, uh, key for this offense. And you just, you haven't seen it right now. It's become this plotting offense where they can't get it done. So hopefully Judy will be back soon. I think he is eligible to come back for that Browns game, even which would be amazing. Maybe you only see him play, you know, five, 10 snaps uh, just to get his feet wet, to see how his ankle responds. And then you get the 10 days after that to kind of evaluate and uh, reassess from there. But uh, this team is really, really missing Judy. Um, There's no doubt about that. He's the only guy who can do what he does for this offense.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. I hear you. He, he, he opens up a lot of things, but uh, he still has a lot to prove as well. He was my camp yep. MVP. The guy looked amazing in training. Yep. I mean, just, I mean, he real like he, the hype is real with that man. And I don't like to get on the hype train a lot, but holy cow, you're right. But for an experienced coach to not be able to utilize the other talent on this team is unacceptable. And for Vic Fangio to kind of bury his head in the sand and look the other way while Pat Shermer does his own thing. It's unacceptable. It's just, it doesn't work. We've been trying this approach since 2015 with this defensive first mentality. And while I can respect that, I think you also have to adopt this new mentality of 2021 NFL football uh, in which you are seeing teams air it out. You need to set up those passing plays with the run and you can spread things out. You you can see more ingenuity, creativity, like you mentioned earlier. It's just so frustrating watching the same old thing time after time, hearing Coach Fangio talk about, you know, injuries, using excuses. I mean, philosophy, it just feels like ego. There's so much going on over there, and players know, Nick, and that's one of the things I'm, I'm thinking about with Coach Shanahan. Uh, he was a player's first guy. Now, he demanded the best from his guys, but he gave the best as well. He made sure with Pat Bolin, each player had their own room at the hotel. Um, he made sure each guy could have media stuff and do their own thing. However, you wouldn't not be talking about these controversial aspects, the news, anything like that. We're going to keep it pretty player and football related. Um, I just don't see connectivity between Vic Fangio, Pat Schirmer, and these players at Donatel. Sure. Um, yeah. Zach Azani, you bet. I'm not saying there are good coaches on this squad, but where it really, really counts the most, I think the Broncos are lacking significantly.
2: Yeah. And I just don't think there's a great culture or buy in right now. Right. And I think we have somewhat righted the ship there with Teddy Bridgewater. But it's going to take more than that to cut out the tumor that has been growing in Dove Valley over these last few years. And honestly, it starts even a, higher than that ownership. Uma. There's no the ownership situation and until that's settled. We're just, you know, stuck in the snow, wheels spinning. Right. So uh, and it's a really unfortunate situation for the Broncos organization thinking long term. Uh, given what's going on with Fangio, probably seemingly coming down the tracks right now. Um, Obviously, this team could turn around and go on a run, um, and that would be amazing. But the Broncos, with their ownership situation, probably not likely being settled until late into this upcoming summer. Well, after you'd already have to hire a new coach. Um, Are you just hiring another dead man walking head coach uh, before the new owner comes in? And also, like, what kind of money can they pay that guy compared to other organizations and what kind of... uh, the guarantees can they give him with a new owner coming in? Cause that guy could come in and say, Nope, I'm doing everything myself. You're gone. So that's going to, that's going to make this Broncos position, not as favorable as some other ones that are going to come open. And uh, that makes it tough. And it's just, it's, it's hard to really even move forward with this team thinking long-term until that ownership situation is settled. And we know what's going there. And we have a direction and an answer with the ownership group.
1: So it almost sounds, because I agree with a, I agree with a lot of that, actually. I don't think there's anything I don't disagree with there. But it sounds like, by that nature, um, George Payton's hands are kind of tied. Um, he can do all the evaluation he wants, all the grading he wants. And heck, that got him the GM of the Broncos, deservingly yep. so, as a scout and coming up in those scouting ranks. But, um, man, that's it feels like his hands are tied it's he can be disappointed he can evaluate he can want to bring in other guys but without that owner you know joe and the other two are trying to get out uh we don't know what's going to happen with the team but it's staging to me right just like when you sell a house you stage it up you bring in all that weird furniture that's not yours and do that thing it's just it's bizarre well that's going to happen here when teams that are worth um whatever you want to say, billions of dollars. I mean, you put the number up, that's what they're worth. Uh, It's just so bizarre the way they stage these things up to have a new regime, a new cabinet and start fresh might be the best thing.
2: Yeah. It just puts the Broncos in a really tough situation. Let's say they finish this year miss the playoffs and go nine and eight. Are you just bringing back Vic Fangio? Because you know, the inevitability of there's probably going to be a change with the new ownership group. And that might be hard to bring in somebody. So I don't know. We're getting way ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> we should probably focus here your back on the Raiders here with the last uh, 10 minutes. And we appreciate all the stars coming in and everything. We want to give another shout out. Obviously you guys with the super chats over on YouTube and the superstars over on Facebook. You're getting those in right now for a chance to win a Patrick Sertan, the second Jersey. So keep those coming and uh, give yourself a chance to get those. And we have our top three star givers here over on Facebook. And uh, I think we have Travis Weber and I'll be honest with you. I cannot read it because it is so small on my screen. Let me make this bigger real quick. Uh, Peter Middleton, uh, Travis Weber, four, Peter Middleton, five, Lawrence Rivera, six. And we have Josh Hoyle, number one right now, 6,000 or 6,400. Randy James came in here earlier today. Good to see you 5,500. And then Michael Ronquillo with 5,400. So uh, really big heating Mike. up here. Yeah, big Mike. Always good to see him. Um, sorry. I got to go. I had big screen now. There we go. With our uh, chat coming back in. Nathan coming back in here, too. Uh, if we lose, our coaching issues come full circle because that would mean Fangio lost to a team coached by a special teams coordinator. Hey, everyone drink. Uh, that's probably what I would have to do after that. Um, we don't need those bad vibes, Nathan. Come on, we got to get a win here. I do think the Broncos are going to end up winning this game. I think it's going to be ugly, uh, but I think I, I'm i going to lean into this and be a little drinking on the uh, the hopium or you know, taking in the hopium, you know, the, the Pepe Frog with the a gas mask on him um i think that teddy bridgewater last week with the concussion coming in late the broncos getting to pittsburgh what was it at 8 p.m on saturday and then having that early game just too much too much going on there for a team that was a wounded animal in the pittsburgh steelers that had to win uh, i don't think the broncos are going to come out that flat again and i think that teddy's going to get these guys on on the right track i would love to see teddy be a little bit more rah-rah on the sideline or on the field when big plays happen he's more the you know the just good guy teddy i want to see a little bit of fire from Teddy as well. Maybe that'd be a great introduction into this Raiders rivalry as well. You know, Teddy, you know, some chest pumping going on there, maybe shoving uh Cleland Farrell or Jonathan Abram after a play, that kind of thing. I want um, Garrett but, uh, Bowles and Max Crosby
1: to get in a fight and both get ejected. <laughs>
2: I don't know if I want that with our Broncos <laughs> offensive tackle depth. God. like, <laughs> but,
1: but that would be so broad. I mean, you're right. You bring, there you go. Bring in logic again. I mean, <laughs> but like, God, could you imagine? Because they do move Max around. I mean, yeah. um, you know, and he's an aggressive guy and Garrett's a very aggressive guy. I love how aggressive the big guy is. He needs yep. to clean up his play a little bit. Um, I'm surprisingly not as hard on Garrett Bowles. This it's weird. My stance is really softened with Garrett. Uh, but what do you have? A, what do you have for a score? I saw what you wrote. Um, and I'm gonna take this opportunity to make fun of Lance because Lance had the Broncos putting up 44 points. Did you see that? Oh my if Lance God. It, Yeah, Lance got the Bronco. Man, Pat Sermer been working over there. Uh, maybe Lance knows something we don't. That would be great. Maybe Lance is just trying to will this, and I owe him a thank you when the Broncos win. I mean, but 44 points, dude. That's yeah, that's man. stretching it.
2: Not what you want. Um, Broncos are do or die. I think this is a game that they're going to squeak by and win. It's going to be an ugly game. Um, but uh, I think the Broncos are going to win this one, 23 to 20. I think that it will come down to a last drive uh, with the Broncos on the head, with the Raiders getting a chance. And I think the Broncos defense is going to hold. I do. And I think the win one for the whole ball coach and uh, Vic Fangio, Pat Sherman, all of them will uh, live another week. Um, but then they got a quite a task in front of them with the, with the Browns, but you're not good enough right now to overlook the uh, overlook the Raiders. You got to win this game. And we gotta got Travis this. coming in here. Thank you so much, Travis. Travis has been a superstar tonight with those super stickers or a uh, over on Facebook, and he says, "Great show, Nick and Luke. Have a good night, Broncos country. Let's go Broncos! Beat the Raiders. Yeah, man. But hate the Raiders. Um, I'm having a hard time hating the Chargers right now. I'm sure that will come with time. Uh, But uh, with Justin Herbert, the Happy Go Lucky, and Brandon Staley crushing every interview, but I hate the Raiders. That's that's unequivocal.
1: I do too, man. I hate them so much. Ninch Cow four one zero coming in two dollars super. Out, Luke. How's your putt putt game? This has got to be my guy. Um so I go putt-putting with my wife and kid whenever time allows it and the schedule allows it. It's just fun, man. I love it. Um I'm a big child at heart. So I'm wondering if this is my guy over there who said I listen to MHI, listen to MHH. You guys are absolutely great. Um it's cool, man, running into our friends absolutely everywhere. And to answer that question, my putt-putt game is horrible. I talk mad smack to my 8-year-old. I don't care that she's 8. Um she crushes me, my wife does too. And uh, I just try to have some sort of dignity when I leave there, even if it means, you know, making my kid cry with trash talk. No, I don't do that. Uh, but no, thank you so much for the support. Peter Middleton coming in too, he agrees. Raiders are the team I hate the most. Please win Broncos, um, man. I'm just I'm not buying what Vic Fangio is selling got the Raiders winning 27-17. Ugh. Uh I just I know I know man the last two games though it's weird though we're we're giving a lot of these teams some points especially the Raiders because if you look back at the last two games the Raiders have scored a, I think a combined 23 points the Broncos have scored 26. Um I wonder if the Broncos are a little distracted. Um, not only with the John Gruden thing, but with Coach Shanahan, with Steve Atwater, the festivities, you're seeing some of the old dogs come in. I think that's a great thing. I would actually love it if they could toss a headset to Coach Shanahan because, you know, he's still involved with the with the Niners. Kyle's going to be there. We could use all the help we can get, Kyle. Um, but it's I think it's going to be a tough day. I really do. I, I just don't feel like this team loves each other, and I know that might sound sappy and bizarre coming from an analyst and a writer, but uh, it matters. Though uh, NFL is a very whatnot, but it's a romantic sport. It, I mean, yeah. it really is. So you have got to, you know, like the old Al Pacino. Any given Sunday, the crawl for that inch. You know, watch any football movie, and yeah. you know, I get all big old softy right with every one of them because you can go there. Those emotions are real, and I just. When teams are winning and things are good, everybody's happy. But when teams are losing, um, you know, Nick Sariani's coming out there taking some heat last week for some calls and saying, Hey, I should have done this, should have done that. Vic Vanjo's not doing those things. I don't trust him, Nick.
2: Yeah. I uh gonna have to definitely prove to this fan base right now. I mean, everybody after that Baltimore game, you know, sky's falling. And uh I was you know, game wasn't over with that Steelers game either, but uh got to come out better, right? You're not good enough yeah. to be making that many mistakes and playing that poorly off the gate, uh, off the, uh out of the gate and uh win these games, which is a must-win game now. So uh, we got uh Kevin Lind coming in here, Zedulano, Mega Kevin Lind, of course, with over on Facebook saying, got to get in that raffle. And it's been a while. Well, Kevin, we appreciate you. It's good to see you. And uh, thank you so much for supporting us and supporting Mile High Insiders every Saturday night at six o'clock mountain time. We're coming at you live. So a lot of football, a lot of fun. Um, We're going to have two games happening from the next time. uh, Luke and I see you. So hopefully we'll be talking some good things and hopefully next Saturday, we will not be talking uh, who are the Broncos that are on the trade deadline and uh, talking some (laughs) NFL drafts as well. Hopefully we'll be talking about a team. That's hell. Let's just, uh, let's drink the Kool-Aid five and two, right? Anything can happen. And it's good to see you too, Gage uh, coming in here saying hello to Luke and myself. Uh, Gage is my, uh,
1: gage is my guy dude gage gage is as die hard as it gets with broncos country man like homie was having car troubles took the bus from the springs to attend training camp he's there he's taking notes um gage knows his football awesome. gage is, uh, yeah i mean die hard but just like those broncos fans that travel to the away games that's gage right he's there with his team ride or die so gage is a huge huge friend of ours and we really support We really appreciate the support. Jay's in here as well. Um, Joe Brewer kind of subscribing to a little bit of what I theorize with Vic. Uh, It's everyone else's fault. I did nothing wrong. It sometimes feels like that. I know I'm being a little dramatic here, but um, players – Players, uh, I think one of the biggest reasons Urban Meyer's not working is because they don't buy that guy. It's this is not college football. You cannot treat these guys like this. Now, I don't think Vic is abusing anybody. Uh, he's certainly not grinding on you know young ladies at the bar. Uh, he's probably making spaghetti and meatballs <laughs> or something like that, right? But it's just one of those things where I don't see the synergy, Nick. It's, it goes back to that. I don't see the spirit. I don't see the soul. Um, it's just it's bizarre. I've never seen anything like it, especially for a man who knows. So much football. Vic Fangio knows so much. If he could just utilize a little bit of that on offense, it could help a lot. There's
2: something to be said, though, about being a great schemer and defensive mind versus getting to that CEO level of handling personalities in the locker room. You know, like some guys just does not fit them. And maybe that's the case for Vic Fangio, but we're going to find out a lot this week versus the Raiders because if this Broncos team comes out flat again and loses to this Raiders team, which they have no reason to lose to uh, obviously they have Derek Carr and their good team, but with all the disarray going on right now, now Broncos two game losing streak playing at home against the Raiders who swept you last year. If you come out flat and play bad, you know, pack it up. It's, it sucks. And it's, it's terrible, especially for a three and three team. But like, there's no way there'd be the buy-in the belief in there. And you need that football is an emotional game and you have to have buy in there to put in that work, the focus, the physicality. I mean, Otherwise, you start to see guys out there playing for themselves, protecting themselves, and uh, freelancing as well, and then it snowballs from there. So hopefully we start talking about a win at, after this game. Otherwise, uh, might be in the, a similar situation uh, this
1: offseason again, but with a
2: much, much, much mm. worse quarterback draft class much worse
1: oh man that's that's why you know we still got hope with uh maybe some three aaron two, rogers two. some russell wilson some we'll see but we're a long yeah. way from that nick like you said yes. earlier we we love to project we love to predict the future and we're always we're usually wrong all right but it's human nature to just want one you're four, and one.
0: It. You're
2: four and one this year I'm, but you're going to be and
1: one i'm doing okay but i know like i'm going to miss some games and so i just i feel fooled sometimes like baltimore yeah. okay I can go there, but you know Pittsburgh. Come on, man! Y'all could have beat them, you just didn't. And, and <laughs> Alexander Johnson catch that ball. That's a pick six, dog. Like, <laughs> come on, them. man! Catch either of them. Yeah, it's uh, it's just those little inches, right? Like back to Al Pacino. But here we are at the one hour mark. We have officially wrapped up Saturday night's uh, Broncos Raiders preview. He's Nick Kendall. You can find him on Twitter at Nick Kendall, MHH. Yours truly at Luke Patterson LP. You guys uh, can also go ahead and head on over to HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag on. Grab yourself one of these hats. We also have gear from all of our other shows, including Nick's morning show. Um, That new hat. I want to get me one of those, those hats. Broncos for breakfast with Scott, who's on the ones and twos with us. Building the Broncos is also back on Tuesday nights with the OG, Carl himself. Great to have Carl back. You'll have the Huddle Up Boys tomorrow to immediately react to the show you guys heard the dove valley deep divers just one night ago with lance and eric so here we go i hope the broncos can do this um there will still be the naysayers there will still be criticism criticism but a win's a win and i that's unapologetic i don't care how they win tomorrow i don't care if the refs screw the raiders Uh, i don't care if it's on some weird call i just want the win at whatever costs whatever cost, um Mike
2: Shanahan homecoming game. Hopefully we can go out there and get a win for him. And you know, uh, that's fans, you know, hopefully sometimes you can take a step back and appreciate the, the ride, but um, when it's happening in the moment, you know, you're very much on that roller coaster. So hopefully we'll be on the uptick after this week's game, but thanks so much for everybody who joined us today. Uh, we will see you guys tomorrow. Uh, not Luke and I, but the mile high huddle guys. We'll see you tomorrow to uh, cover the Broncos game and hopefully a Broncos victory over the hated Las Vegas raiders i almost messed up i almost said oakland not happening um but uh appreciate you guys for joining us today again shout out to everybody who contributed to the show uh go broncos and hopefully they're better
1: than my hawkeyes were this week we'll see, we'll see you later enjoys enjoys al davis's haircut Ugh. you've been listening to the huddle up podcast join broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going